Growing up, who was the first person on TV that you saw that and you were like, oh, bitch, that's me. There's somebody else out there like me. <laughs> Growing up as someone who is black and Puerto Rican, seeing on TV the black Cinderella with oh, all these yeah. characters that are POC. Yes. I really didn't see anyone like me ever on TV. And even when I did see, like, the Chaz Bonos and, like, the trans guys on TV, I was just like, well, that is too masculine. That is not me. Uh -huh. I'm too feminine. You know, it really, like, set me back in a way. If there was someone like me on TV when I was a kid, there would have been years shaved off of my little journey. Because, like, there's no way I'm the only one that feels this way. <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. I don't really get why we hold the trans community to this expectation that you're either supposed to be Barbie or Ken. Like, no in between. I just really want to be that start point for people. Yeah. Opening this door and building this community of Femme little guys wearing dresses on Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I had more examples like us, if I saw that from such a young age, coming out would have been so, so much easier. Insane. I would have figured out who I was so much sooner. Yeah. Because the only thing we had on TV was drag queens and trans women being hookers on TV and being yeah. killed. Or gay men being the, the overly flamboyant, the, right. ooh, I, I need a gay best friend to go shopping. And it's like, there is so much more to gay life than just the shit you see on TV. Yeah. And this show definitely showed me like the little gay boy from Conway, Arkansas can go on and be somebody. Honey. So we've probably heard variations of this conversation before about like the queens kind of being aware that there is, you know, they are a part of some kind of representation. They are a part of, you know, um, you know, what they're talking about of like people seeing someone like themselves on television. And I, I was, having heard it before, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that that is very true. But I, I feel like this week I kind of, I don't know, reappreciated, like, yeah, I guess when I was a little gay, not a little gay, like I was only sort of gay, I've always been this gay, but when I was a smaller gay, I didn't really have many people on TV that I could identify with. Like, I guess I guess that is true. Yeah, uh, this conversation isn't new. I mean, it's it's one that's been had in the celluloid closet and, and all of that where there's gay stereotypes and that's all we got to see. But to hear these drag queens, you know, who are a very specific type of gay person often, right? Um, <clears throat> boys that dress as girls or, or often performers that dress as a gender, right? That are performing gender. Um, when that is put on TV, it's, you know, it's very specific. I will say, like, there were drag movies in the 90s, right? Like, there was... Uh, like RuPaul has always been around, right? Uh, there's been um, Tu Wong Fu and uh, you know uh, Priscilla, right? The Birdcage, mm -hmm. like it's it's been there that there's you know faggy guys, uh, but I think got mixed point is like yeah, there were no trans men that are faggy, you know? Yeah, well, and it even. And yeah, there were, you know, drag queens <clears throat> in the media or, you know, and more so in movies than television. But I think that that like they very like even going back and like watching some of those movies or thinking about like even the birdcage, like thinking of things that came out at a formative time in my life. It's like none of that felt, though, like people I could identify mm -hmm. with, like none of that felt real or they were all so much more characters um, than like 
types of people that I could identify with. And I think there's also a big difference between being in movies versus being on TV mm. versus being like a recurring person on TV every week versus someone you're only seeing in a limited story for a limited period of time, you know? You know, y yes, and we often criticize Drag Race, right, for having such a limited story in a limited time of these, you know, there's hours of footage and we only see this. So we see the villain edit. We see, you know, the, the, the hero edit, the underdog edit. Um, but you know, you're totally right. Like we're, we are getting to know Simone. We are getting to know mm -hmm. Utica. We're getting to know Olivia. Um, and they are, you know, from all over the country. Well, in this case, they're on two well, sides yeah. of the country. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of um, the classic New York and L.A. model at this right, point. Right. Yeah, I know I yeah. know. Simone is from Arkansas, but Simone lives in L.A. Like, come on. Right, um, right. But, but I get it still. She's from Arkansas. That That is her uh, story. Um, but still. I mean, most people in New York and L.A. are from somewhere else. That's correct. Also. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah, correct. Let's yeah. be Got real. Makes from yeah. Scarsdale, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scottsdale, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those Dales, yeah. I mean, I get it. Candy's from the Bronx, I know, but like, you know, it, it, I feel like um, it, we're not talking about Heidi and Closet here. We're not talking about Utica. You no, know? no, 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 no. Right, right. We're not even talking about Trixie um, or, or mm -hmm. Jada, right? We're talking, these are two coastal sides of this conversation, which, you know, that's another element that uh, comes into play here. But no, I, I do love this discussion. I It seems like a continuation of what Gottmik was talking about, about, you know, just kind of sitting there at brunch with her gay friends and being like, yeah, mm -hmm. no, femme guys are a thing, right? Femme guys are a thing. Right. And right. it's fine. Yeah, and it's exactly like I felt like, oh, this is kind of an extension of that conversation. And I like the framework of like, again, because it was like, oh, I guess I, I've i never really thought about that. But that, you know, as uh, Mick was saying of like, we kind of hold the trans community these two standards of Barbie or Ken. And there is so much about like, how much are you quote unquote passing as this kind of extreme version of one gender or the other? And I thought, well, that is, huh, I guess that is, that's, that's true. And so, uh, I, I think in the larger sort of theme of kind of identification and representation, I feel like I really see the value of got Mick on this season. And I really like, I do think that he is, achieving his goal of kind of like starting that you know being that representation for someone like I think when uh, he says in the workroom like I can't be the only person who feels this way I was like oh I'm glad they kept that line in mm -hmm. you know like that mm -hmm. was such a like a whistle tone for so many people you know mm -hmm. yeah totally you know it's funny when I think about who I saw myself in growing up it was mm. mostly women, right? I saw women and I idolized women that I saw myself in. And then any men or like cis men that I saw, it was because I wanted to fuck them, right? So yeah. like on mm -hmm. my wall, if I go back to like middle school, on my wall was like Nev Campbell, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? Mm -hmm. And Andy Roddick in the milk ad, you know? And that's because I right. wanted to fuck him. It wasn't because, of, you know, and I think when I think about like, straight counterpoints or counterparts, right? These straight men who have posters of men on their walls. It's because they want to be Captain America. They want to be Spider-Man. They want to be the Hulk, you know, or Hulk mm -hmm. Hogan or whatever. They want to, they want to be like them. And it's just different because, uh, 
growing up, my mom probably, you know, she'd walk into my room. Well, maybe not my mom, but somebody would walk into my room and be like, oh, he must have a crush on Nev Campbell. He must have a crush on Sarah Michelle Geller. When in reality, right. I just wanted to look like, you know, or be that person, you know, in a way. I saw myself in the final girl often um, because there's something very queer about the final girl. But I, I, you know, and so when I think about this discussion, like, Oh, did you have any representation growing up? It's like, yeah, I'll bet I did. But I, you know, I don't know. Did it, it, it seems like a conversation I'd love to have with a straight person or a straight man for that, for that matter. Um, because I, I, I just, I adapted, right? Yeah. I was thinking about this of like, cause I remember being very hungry for that representation or that like identification and like, well, certainly like, you know, female characters, like, that was, uh, you know, older and like, you know, older women, you know, it was like, ultimately, that's probably where I found like a, you know, uh, a frequency that I appreciated. And I think that was the thing that I found was a big difference was like, there were like energies that I appreciated and understood and, and got like, you know, Shelley Winters and the Poseidon Adventure. Oh, like, totally. I just knew yes. as a young gay, I was like, I get this. I, I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I get that this is, I'm always going to love this and I don't know why yet, you know? Right. Um, but when I think about, like, gay people that I saw on television um, that, like, gave me that moment that, like, Got Mick was talking about, you know, one of the first ones I can think of is probably Dan on The Real World Miami, just in terms of, like, oh, there's a gay person. <laughs> Don't open up my mail, you stupid bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call me a bitch, you fucking flamer. <laughs> Pearl's clutch. Pearl's clutch. Yeah, Pearl's clutch <laughs> on on the spiral staircase. Sure. Uh, um, but then I also think about like as I got a little bit older, I think you know maybe like thirteen or fourteen. Then the real world New Orleans came out, and yes. it was Danny yeah. and Danny. Danny, Danny I mm-hmm. I really like that was a real identification point. Um, but so like, did you identify really, or were you like, I really want to date him? Because I don't know if I, like, saw myself in him. I was still Melissa. You know, I don't think I was Mm. Danny. I just wanted to sleep with Danny. I wasn't ever attracted to Danny or Dan, even from Miami. I remember, like, Danny in particular, there was a sense of, like, it was like like I was living vicariously through his story, you know? Um, And, like, just through his, his, you know, identity and through his experience. And it's funny, I recently... Rewatched the first episode of the Real World New Orleans, and the and you know the way he navigates, like oh I've got a big secret, like it's it's this oh it's like it's such a right, thing, right? But like je suis pédé. Feel, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it feels dated. What? Oh, he says je suis pédé. He says it in French. He comes oh, out right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. No, of course, of course. I'll never but you know what's what's great about that is like at now that all feels so dated. But when I was 13 watching mm-hmm. Danny say, I have a secret, I was like, Oh my God, I totally get this. You right. Know? Right. Right. Totally. And then like, for me, it was like, I'm by, you know, it's like, mm. it's that, that half circle. Um, right. But, you know, and, and just to kind of circle back to drag race here, like I love, that these shows still exist. We may bitch about the competition and the outcomes and the rigor morris and all of that. But at the end of the day, like Bimini Bamboulash is on some kid's screen and somebody is like, oh, no, that's that's me. That's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like now we just have this like embarrassment of riches that like, you know, goes 
far beyond, you know, Danny in the real world and God bless him. But like, I love that we have even more representation now. Like, I think, I think to your point about like, did I want to fuck them? Like, I think that was the other representation I had. I saw at a young age was gay porn. Like mm-hmm. I started looking at gay porn Bad, at, a re- yeah, right. at a really young age. And yeah, I think about that of like, as, as the Queens are talking about like, Oh, if I had, you know, someone like me on TV Ugh. at that age, like how that would have changed my journey. And I think in the same way, if, if porn wasn't such a big part of my sexual awakening and my identification, how maybe not as fucked up the journey would have been. Oh, or, right? You Putting know? our worth into our bodies and, and uh-huh. equating our own validation with sex. God, it, it, it would be so different. So yeah. different. Because, you know, what's and, interesting about um, straight boys watching porn is that it's the male gaze. So they're looking at women and they're not seeing themselves necessarily. They're not comparing themselves with the women. With gay porn, right, we're looking at both. And all we see is those bodies and what they should act like and what is good and what is attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the the myths that, like, I believed because of porn and mm. and the and the that sort of like ingrained ideas of of things that like I think I still act out in some ways today like that stuff was you know just kind of uh burnt in at a very very young formative like impressionable point in my life you know totally yeah and you know this conversation edited for TV right it's much shorter than it probably you know was that could they have cut certain segments of this episode and made this conversation longer? I think so. I also don't know if these queens were lifting heavily enough in the workroom to like go there with this. Like, I wanted to hear more from Got Mick about this. I wanted to hear more from Candy about this, right? Yeah. Um, and even yeah. Rose, I think Rose also speaks, you know, just very. Um, intelligently about uh, these types of issues. Um, and so, but, you know, it's it's a tacky little TV show. And I feel like these moments are becoming more and more like the deck of cards in the center of a TGI Fridays of conversation mm. starters. Oh, yeah. Or like that thing at the Cracker Barrel where you have to like hop over one and take it out. You know what I'm talking about with the pegs no. and the little... <laughs> oh, okay. So it's this little triangle board, this little triangle, and it's got all these plastic, like 10 plastic pegs in it with like one, maybe like one open hole or something like that. I don't know, I've been there before. Um, but the, the idea being... <laughs> one. That you have to... Well, I know, one. Slow night. Um, <laughs> it's just me in the mirror, you know? <laughs> slow hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sheesh. Um, well, that's where I lost my watch. And so... But like, anyway, you're supposed to like... What time is it? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Talk about see me with them hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but anyway, it's this game where you're supposed to like get rid of the pegs. Anyway, the point being, yes, it's like a deck of cards or a little peg game at Crack Barrel. <laughs> so there's <laughs> please pegging. welcome to the stage peg game. <laughs> Peg game, yeah. Peg game. All I'm getting from this conversation is that there's pegging at the Cracker Barrel. Well, I mean, I would recommend doing it before you eat because that country breakfast. Scraping the bottom of the barrel there. Um, Yeah. So, 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 uh, Mary, we have a lot to talk about in this Henny, I Shunk the Kids episode. We have a top five, three New York girls and two L.A. girls. Um, But before we do, let's tell our Marys what they're listening to. 
They are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, which, of course, is our beady, beady little podcast dedicated to all things draggy, queeny, campy, and queer. I'm Johnny and Ginger Ale. The furniture didn't get bigger, you idiot. Wish not. And I'm Colin. And uh, hey, girls, how's it going? It's Scarlett. <laughs> the weirdest, like, hey, girls, how's it going? It's Scarlett. It's Scarlett. It's Scarlett. It's Scarlett. It's I love that, actually. Just like, hey, girls, how's it going? It's Scarlett. Like, right. I don't know what, I, I don't know. It's so, it hits differently than it's Anne. <laughs> yes. I don't know why. It was like, hey, it's Scarlett. It's like, okay. Hi. <laughs> Does she not it's, know that her name is ScarJo? I mean, I don't, I don't even know why she needed to, it's as if she was worried they weren't going to recognize her. <laughs> hey, girls, how's it going? It's Scarlett. <laughs> Johansson. Right, right, right. Pause. Take a yeah. beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy about Scarlett Johansson? Because I know that like people were like, why is she on this show? Why is she on? I'm like, well, she's going to play RuPaul in the biopic. Right. Of course. Of course. Because, you know, she can. <laughs> yeah. Right. She can. She right. can play any role that she wants to. She can play a tree. She can play Kimora Hall in and uh, frankly, episode four. Yeah. She should. You know, I mean. That's right. That's right. Uh, not ScarJo having a conversation about acting. <laughs> well, I just, I wanted at least one of them to be like, so what was it like to work with Laura Dern? Like, <laughs> that's the kind of representation I'm looking for on television. You know, I don't know. I th- These moments always um, kind of make me laugh because I know that it's more about the queens, but I just think it's so funny that they're, <laughs> they're getting these like, little tips and acting lessons for this shitty tacky skit that they're about to perform. <laughs> right. And they're like, we better get Scarlett Johansson. In. We, b- we better get these Oscar nominees and winners on the screen. Right. Right. These women. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I, <laughs> the, the, who said it? Who said, oh, my gosh, Black Widow. Was that Olivia? I feel like Olivia. I think that was this. Olivia. Yeah. yeah I, I think like that was <laughs> Olivia. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a classic, classic moment from season four when they announced that the guest judge is going to be Jennifer Tilly. (laughs) Cut to Latrice and the Talking Heads. Oscar nominee Jennifer Tilly. It doesn't get any better than that. I do love when you can tell that they had no idea who the person was. No idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, I I love that. Well, it's like it's why on like Drag Race UK, why it was so gratifying when they were like, our guest this week is Dawn French and they all lose their shit because it's real. It's like, oh, yeah, we all know who Dawn French is and we care, you know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, I, it was just funny hearing Scarlett Johansson say like, well, you know, you have to make a situation that's unreal feel very real, like playing a trans Mm. person when you're not really trans. (laughs) Right, right. For example, yeah. For example, if you you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in your own self and nobody else does, lean in. (laughs) Right, just... Plow forward. Just take up more space. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Oh, 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 does your husband want to say something? Oh, Colin, get oh, in that, here. That moment. Yeah. I know people are like, yay, Colin, Joe's, whatever. And that's fine, right? He had a funny little joke. But I'm also yeah, like. Yeah, it was a funny joke. Yeah. I'm like, do, you really need him to join this conversation? Like, come on. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I have mixed emotions about him. I'm like, I mean, 
you know, uh, I think he's, it's like fine. You know, it's it's just, you know, he's sort of like tofu. It's kind of like you need to add some seasonings to this. You to definitely make it interesting. do. Yes, you definitely you know? do. Yes. He, he's like, guys like that, like white guys like that are tofu. Like there's just, you know, sure, full of protein, but no flavor, you know? You know, I kind of love their little relationship because I can tell that they're both very silly and that mm. makes me happy. Oh yeah, they 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 probably have silly little soap bubble fights, foam fights. Oh, you think that way? I think that like there. I think Scarlet is like super weird, and I think mm. Colin is just like I just think he loves that. I mean, I hope they're happy. You know, there's certain celebrity <laughs> couples where I'm like, well, I hope you're happy. You know. <laughs> Yeah. There's certain celebrity couples that I'd never like I would never want to be in Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard's relationship. It seems miserable. It oh. just seems like it just seems like, oh God, you guys just fight all the time, don't you? Oh wow. <laughs> now we're making assumptions. Well, um, listen, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, you know, this episode, um, it had a bunch of little moments that we can kind of just mention briefly before talking about the challenge in the runaway scar Joe. Again, it was, I don't know, it was fine. And also, like, Scarlet, man, I thought she it was, was canceled. A... You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that, I feel like that people have moved on from that. I think, okay. I think I've, yeah, you know, there okay. was, uh, all right. Well, um, it would have been funny if, you know, it was like, and now Scarlett Johansson, and it was just like a still of a tree. And, right. And then it was her voice, you know? <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they literally did that, yeah. I mean, I wish, like, she participated right. in that actively. Oh, then I would have. Yeah. Then I would have snapped at the screen. Then yeah. it's a drag show. Yeah, exactly. Then it's a drag show, for sure. Um, this is this feels more just like oh my god I'm a big fan of Drag Race. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, one moment in this show that I absolutely loved was all of the footage of Candy swatting Got Mick with a giant black cat paw, and then Michelle mm. saying Candy swat her. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I mean. That was a moment. I was surprised they, they couldn't get a pit crew member to do it, but whatever. <laughs> it was funnier that, that uh, Candy did it. Yeah. I when I like it, the, after the scene was over, she started to run into the shot instead of like leaving. Mm, yes, I appreciated I, that. Right, right. Oh, yeah. and then, oh, no, the other way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, what else did you notice about this episode before we talk about uh, the main stuff? Um, so a few things I wanted to mention. I, I just wanted to call out, I feel like Joey J is getting the broccoli treatment this season where he keeps kind of getting callbacks. Oh, okay. Like two, twice, right? I think now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, and I think it's that thing of like, oh, you went home early. Well, you know, people might've forgotten about you. you know? Sure. Sure. Um, I, uh, I did want to mention that the, the challenge itself is very much inspired by an old movie from the fifties called Attack of the Puppet People. Oh, it's not Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? No, I think that that in in name only, but this was, I think, you know, before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, there was Attack of the Puppet People. What so, is that movie about? So that movie is about some mad scientist who creates some, like, shrinking ray and, like, shrinks, like, four people to miniature size, and then they have to, like, go through all of the trials and tribulations and fight against cats and things like oh, that. Oh, I see. To try to, you know... Okay. Okay. Rebigify themselves. Mm, so. Rebigify. Make themselves bigger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, 
I hear that. I noticed that Carson made a fat joke, um, <gasps> and nobody's canceled. Nobody's canceling him. You know, I gotta say, I know that we were we're supposed to forget about Utica being canceled last week, but you know, it's still kind of like bled over this whole week. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like. I noticed a lot of people defending Candy staying this week online. Like, basic, basically the, the queens. Mm-hmm. All the girls were defending Candy. But I don't remember any of the cast really defending Utica last week, except for, like, Nina, Lonnie, and Michelle, who commented. Right, um, right. And at, at the end of the day, like, she told bad fat jokes. Everybody told fat jokes on this show. Go back to the reading challenge, girl. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I just think it's such an interesting moment. And then, you know, here we have Carson making a size joke about um, Michelle um, right on the runway. But anyway, it's oh, funny. about so. being a size queen. Yes. I see. Yes. I, I wasn't sure if it was because I always like when there's a suggestion that. Like, oh, that Michelle's she has a big a dick. Oh, yeah, I kind of love that. Dick. Yeah, oh. I was kind of hoping it was that. But I hear you. I also just feel like, oh, like the the Utica canceled Utica tra- you know fat phobic oh god it's so it just, tired yeah you know so it's, fucking it's gen- tired. I, I really do believe it's generational it's people it's it's very Twitter culture too because um, mm. obviously there are issues that that should be spoken out about but like girl read the room this was a roast she told bad jokes other people told bad jokes other people told fat jokes like it was just so interesting that the fandom found the weakest one you know, I don't know. Oh yeah, it's, I don't know. It's people are just people will get upset about anything because it feels good. It feels yeah. good to be outraged. Well, there, yeah, there's like a, there's a habitual nature to it. There's like an addiction mm-hmm. to kind of uh, being upset or wanting to feel like you are putting someone in their place in a way. But you know, and mm-hmm. I get it if you're like, hey, I didn't like it when you insulted Michelle Visage, and then Michelle Visage says. Nope, it was fine. Then it's up to mm-hmm. you to decide what to do and feel. So, I don't know. Uh, just some spillage uh, from from that little moment. Uh, yeah, uh, but I you're mean, right. It was it was about Michelle having a big dick, which I'm sure somebody could be offended by. Uh, well, God forbid people didn't find a reason to be offended. I mean, God forbid. <laughs> I need to go on Twitter and tell everyone how offended I am. You, Who do, cares? That. you do that. You do that. You do that. Oh, that. I'm so glad I know what you think. Um, <laughs> Want to buy a sundial? Um, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I think I fully, fully fell in love with Got Mick at that point. Not that I know that reference, but that she's being a reference queen. Yes. You know? Oh, totally. And that this whole look. Came out of that one little moment in Hercules. Yeah. Absolutely. I do remember that moment. Um, It's those Disney details also that you notice. Like, there's details like that all over Finding Nemo that Mm -hmm. will reference the times. You know what I mean? Um, So instead of selling Mm -hmm. watches, it's selling sundials, right? In the the ocean. Reference the times. Right. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. The sun times, yes. Yes, Um, yeah. I've read that paper, yeah. (laughs) Um, I I, I loved all of the, the little... Uh, Easter eggs during the challenge. Uh, I guess we can kind of talk a little bit about the challenge. This is kind of a free for all episode, but um, I think we can just yeah, we yeah, can just go. We're for just it. going for it. So um, yeah. I, we didn't even do our first ad break, but I think we're fine. Eh, we're fine. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll figure it out. So uh, they, you know, we had Dela's lipstick and the breastplate by India. I'd argue you needed one for Chanel. 
Um, but because Chanel, oh, that would have been fun. You know what I mm. mean? But so we've had those discussions before of the time capsule of Drag Race and like what things would live in a time capsule, right? Jujubee's eyelash, things that like had a story. Yes, like l- tiny little nuances. Yeah, like I think I would add. Um, Blair St. Clair's notebook during the comedy challenge. Correct. All stars. Yes. You know? Right. Like that would that would go in. Uh, right. Time the capsule. phone. The phone that RuPaul uses when she picks up mm-hmm. the phone and says, "Ah, okay, all right." Yes. Yes. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Her <laughs> stage phone. That. That Elizabeth Taylor phone. Yes, um, the Elizabeth Taylor phone. Absolutely. But so anyway, I loved all of those little Easter eggs, and I think there were only like three. They could have just had so many more. I was like. Yes, let's 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 create the story that the workroom never gets cleaned, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. I feel like that would have been really fun. It would have been like um kind of reminds me of when Room used to do Rapples Dark Res and there was just mm. like so many references like just kind of like buried into the animation. Um I that would have been great. <laughs> For sure. Um yeah, the challenge I it was long. <laughs> It was long. You know, I I thought it was a it was such a I mean, these acting challenges are always kind of campy, but I really feel like the whole green screen thing. I feel like they really kind of leaned into how cheesy campy this was. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was that it was fun. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I didn't dislike it. I think I think the one thing that I thought was kind of I don't know what I think about it was. I sort of wished, actually, that the characters they were given to play weren't supposed to be variations of the contestants. Like, I kind of, I feel like there was a whole thing of, like, these roles seem familiar. And I kind of wish we got we got to see them playing. Like, that became obviously an issue, this challenge. It was like, oh, this is in your wheelhouse. This character's in your wheelhouse. Well, like, I kind of wish they weren't given that opportunity in the first place, if that makes sense. Okay, so, like, I didn't get that at all. I was like, these are just archetypical, if that's a word, uh, characters. Like, I didn't, I, I, the only one that made sense to me was uh, Olivia. And I'm like, why did you pick this character? Uh, well, you know, the thing about Olivia was like, you know, we saw in the final product at the end when she's, when she's reading Dominique mm. and she has that, that, that designing women, you know, Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia moment at the end, I was like, Oh, this is great. Why didn't you play a different character? You probably would have stayed this week. Because she, she could was, have. Yeah. She was doing it really well. Like she she owned the end of that sketch and I was like, "Oh man, you actually you probably could have maybe done Dominique and actually even you know, done well this week." The look aside, obviously. Right, right. No, I god, for sure. It was like I mean, when do, but that's the other thing though. Right, because we've heard mixed advice from RuPaul. Do you lean into what is your beach ball, or are you mm-hmm. supposed to like not? Is the assignment don't do it, right? And I feel like right. she fell into oh well, that seems like me, you know, because she was probably a little nervous, you know, she doesn't want to go home. But uh, yeah, it was the wrong decision for me, um, absolutely. And I think it's like besides Rose we've seen the four the other four do that before i think that was my problem whether you know and i think it was sort of dictated by the script and some of it was just like them falling on old tropes but like candy was just being candy 
I agree with that critique. She's I, just was... being candy. Okay, I'm done. That's Sorry. right. Thank you for that. Um, when I hear that song, whatever, all I think of is like a lime green Volkswagen Beetle driving down a street <laughs> from the video. That's like, what I see. Like sugar to your heart. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, it's my good. Here's my BD's going, uh, but we've seen, you yeah, know, go ahead, go ahead. we've seen Got Mick. I mean, obviously she did it really well, but like we'd seen Got Mick kind of do the whiny thing before. Mm-hmm. We've seen Olivia do this before. Mm. We've seen um, Simone. I mean, Simone. It became a whole thing of she's doing the factory voice again. Mary, you know? I we talked about this last week on Unpopular Opinions, I think, but. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, are we kind of off the mark here? So it was kind of validating to be like, no. No, yep. she's doing it. They're showing it. it. They're, 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 yeah. sh- they're doing it, and they showed Olivia calling it out. I was like, she said, she called it the voice that she uses in acting challenges. And mm-hmm. then she adds, like, and it's so funny. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is, like, the, the queens this season, anytime they critique each other, it's bumper bowling. It's oh, always I like, oh, but it's great, but I'm a little worried. Oh, <laughs> my God. Right, right, right. But, mm. like, I just love that she's calling out Simone's usual voice because it was the same. It really, I'm just like, it okay. I'm, I hope they don't give this win to Simone just because she's doing that voice again. Um, right. Because she, it's she's not it's being funny, called out. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. She's not being called um, out, though. She won't be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, but I'm glad at least it was kind of like recognized of like, okay, you're not wrong. This has right. happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard your unpopular opinions episode last week. And so you're right. <laughs> um, correct. We are only Marys here at RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I, uh, Rose, of course, did win this week looking like Anne Burrell, which. Uh, <laughs> I appreciated <laughs> you with the reference. You're the reference queen, Mary. Oh, well, gosh, thank you. Um, <laughs> For Mary's that don't know who Ann Burrell is. Uh, Ann Burrell is a chef. <laughs> yes. She's a food network food personality. Network. <laughs> yeah. But like with literally <laughs> Ann Burrell realness would have been great as Ann Burrell in Snatch Game. Oh, Ann Burrell. Well, does, I, yeah, I guess that's a character. I would rather see. Um, that bitch who comes in and like turns around a salon. What's her name? Oh, oh, it's like search of the T. Is it like a Tamara? Oh, Tabitha, 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 right? Tabitha. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. I would not be mad at a Tab. You know who I think looks just like Tabitha is Nikki Doll. I don't know if she's got the chomps to like oh. play that, but I oh, think wow. looks wise, I I feel like she could look like Tabitha. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. moving right along. Um. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I didn't mean to Nikki, didn't slow Nikki, things down. Nikki, who? Um, um, Nikki, please. Yeah. Um. um, so, so yeah, so I, I love that. Really the winner this week for me, and we should talk about this, is Got Mick. And I, I thought Got Mick in the challenge was fucking hilarious. She was really the only funny part of the challenge for me. Maybe there were a couple mm. of like rosé moments and one candy moment that I really loved, but it was totally got Mick. And then the the hot pocket look I thought was the most interesting, the most realized of a concept. Yeah. I agree. I I loved I thought she was really funny in the challenge and I yeah and it was a great example of like okay we've seen you do variations on this before but it doesn't feel stale like if you are fine you know as Rue said you're finding the peaks and the valleys um the runway I mean to quote Miss Paul 
cheese and crackers. It was so cool and like so. I it was so interesting. You know, I I was thinking about Cotton because it was obviously Gottmik and Simone were kind of the most sort of conceptual of mm-hmm. this idea, and I thought Gottmik was was just like awesome. I feel like maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I kind of. I I didn't think that Simone looked bad, but I don't know if I, if it, I don't think it had worked for me the way maybe it worked for the judges. Oh, interesting, interesting. I I like. I, I thought it was. I thought it fit her really, really, really well. It was a nice concept. Um, it just didn't. It didn't pop the way that it like pops on an Instagram post. You know. Yeah, it was like the. I, I thought she looked like. Looked great, like everything fit, everything was in the right place. But this whole concept of oh, I'm I'm a Simone in a pocket. I was like, mm. well, I don't like a I don't gay, know if, if I you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm not seeing that. Like it, maybe if you took that narrative away, it'd be like, oh, that's just a it's a you and this cool denim. Oh, but, interesting. Okay, you know, like okay. the the story of it maybe didn't I didn't fully get. You I know? see but, what you mean. I see what you mean. But, you yeah, know, uh, you know, it, what it, do I know? Fashion is subjective. You know, it's, yeah, it's fine. Right. Um, just uh, like this competition. You know, I got to say, like, why did Gottmik not win and Rosé won? And the, the way that I am thinking about it is the show is protecting the potential winners or the potential top four or three. They're obsessed. The fandom now is obsessed with the report card ever since season nine. And I feel like ever since season nine kind of broke the report card counting or mattering by crowning Sasha Valor over Shea Coulee. I feel like now since then they've gone into this, everybody gets a trophy trend where Mm -hmm. they're, they're spreading out the wins so that, the winner can truly feel supported by the fandom and that the fans can't point to you did shitty all season and now you win or you only had two wins and one of them was with, you know, Simone, right? I, I, I'm just, I, that's kind of how I'm reading the room right now, that they're protecting the winners. It's not that they're like, you know, Rosé shouldn't have won. It really is. At, and let's go four steps forward. It doesn't matter who fucking wins in this ticky-tacky competition. They're all stars. They're all fucking phenomenal. We're editing this to look a certain way. We're commenting a certain way, and we're only showing those certain comments. They're protecting the winners here. Um, And and, and I don't mean to take anything away from Rosé's win, because, yes, there is a subjective, uh, actually an objective reason why she won but you could say that about most of those queens up there so that's why i'm just like okay all right simone or or rosé won this week Um, you know shrug shoulder shrug right like i felt like i could have seen them giving it to simone i could have seen them giving it to got mick i could have seen them giving it to rosé and would have been like i would have had the same response of like okay all right like i think my my personal preference yeah i think i would have given it to got mick i think that was uh and and but that is also super subjective because i think there's a lot of like a lot of that is wrapped up in like oh I, I, my my growing appreciation for got mick and like oh, right. even one of our marys had even commented i think on a patreon post that like we've been saying like oh this is simone's drag race but like there is a world where this is got mick's drag race yeah and got like, got me gal you know 
Yeah, yeah. And 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 got got me, gal, officially this week. Like I still very excited about Simone. I still think Simone is an incredible queen and a front runner and would not be disappointed or surprised if she takes the whole thing. But now I feel like and I feel the same way about Got Mick. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I I, it, I would be happy to see Gottmik win as well. Gottmik's trajectory for me is more interesting than Simone's. Um, mm. The 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 you know spiraling, getting in your head storyline. You know, I'm just kind of like okay, because we could talk about the talking to, through tears moment a little bit later. But I mm. I don't know. I'm kind of on the Gottmik train now because I'm just kind of like no, Gottmik. He's been doing a lot more at a different level and he sews and he paints you know like there's so much to his drag that i think is interesting um and new um new-ish right um yeah i mean that is that is definitely a part of it right it's like i mean and we've talked about this a bit before is like there is there is a different i look at things differently i look at jada essence hall differently because she made almost all of those looks right versus Simone, who has come out with incredible looks that she did not make. That the House of Avalon and, made, yeah. Right. Yeah, and so it's like, well, you wore them well, you know, to, to quote Miss Paul again. You wore it well. <laughs> well. But, well, but is it your look, you know? And I think that there is something to be said about that of, like, you know, I think it, it's almost, it's not the same, but there's a similar flavor to what they are talking about in Untucked of, like, Rosé saying to Olivia, like, that's great that you're here to explore, but I don't think anyone else here was here to explore. Mm. There is a gradient. There's kind of like queens who come in and learn about who they are and learn more about their drag through the competition. And then there's queens who come into the competition, know their drag, know who they are, and just, you know, refine it or excel at it or, like, stretch it. I don't think I would apply this at all to Simone. I think Simone knows exactly what type of drag she does. I know um, that she... Well, no, she... I'm not saying it's the well, same wait a thing. Me... I just want to... Well, just... you cut me off, so let me just finish my thought. It's like, okay. I'm not saying it's about knowing who they are, but I, I take that same... That same comparison, that same type of comparison that Rosé is making, I think is here. There's queens who came in who can do all of their drag and there's mm. queens who come in with a lot of assistance or with a lot of sort of support from designers and i think i i judge the two differently the same way rose is judging olivia differently than the others that's what i'm saying not uh, about okay. simone knowing who she is okay. yeah yeah because simone definitely uh helped make those looks in terms of concept you know um that that she talked about in an interview and i i, I you know I, I can't say that she didn't, right? So I'm like, okay, so Simone knows what, what she's doing. But, uh, you know, speaking of a team of people helping you do your drag, it's like, well, nope, no problem with that. Right, RuPaul? <laughs> well, right. I mean, I guess there's also that is like if we're talking about the qualifications for next drag superstar, you don't necessarily have to do your own makeup, hair, or nope. dress. Sure don't. Yeah. Sure, uh, do not. Which is why, you know, that. yeah. And why yeah. I think Simone, I mean, Simone is showing, has shown excellence, right? She is funny. She's charming. She's got this talent, right? Um, and you're right. There are certain things where it's like, well, you can't sew, girl. Like, what's, what's going on with that? But what do you think about a double crowning on a main season of Drag Race? I feel like that would be, God, that would get so many people upset. And I think that's why I would love it. I mean, I think it's like, I think it would feel like 
you know, people are already like, oh, the season is so long and, and candy music. People have found so many reasons to be upset with season 13 that were, if it were to top it all off with a double crowning, which, <laughs> you know, I like I'm kind of fine with. But I guess it would also be a little bit too soon, you know, of like, well, didn't you guys like I think you can only do that like once every like six or seven seasons, you know, at most. Oh, I think they should just keep doing it. <laughs> Just every season. Just, well, guess what? We have three winners this season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, you know, I will say this. It's become very apparent, and maybe we can talk about this briefly based on her runway, but it's become very apparent that there's a hashtag Team Anybody Candy. And I understand that candy rubs people the wrong way or whatever, or that people need to check their biases and whatnot, but you gotta you got to at least understand that like last week's runway and then this week's runway, it's like, Candy, what were you, why did you go out like that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I certainly have, you know, my thoughts and my feelings about Candy Muse and, you know, have probably said enough about them in the unpopular opinions and, and other people have said them plenty. But at, at a certain point, like at a certain point after the last couple weeks runways, it's like, folks folks like this is i mean which brings up the question i think which leads to the question of will there be a top four or a top three (laughs) you know what i'm saying because i think i am seeing a strong top three and then i'm seeing like little sister candy and her tricycle trying to keep up with the big kids on the bmx's you know what i mean oh, like i know oh god candy just wants to double dutch with the rest of them you know exactly um, but i just think you know she just keeps getting tripped up you know and so i you know got mick uh tweeted this week uh very recently um he tweeted uh candy's look uh, heart face heart face and then later, I'm joking, totally joking, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like when Candy came out, <laughs> I I was like, I mean, I love that like social media is kind of calling her Chromatica Karen. And I think that is very accurate. <laughs> you know, I, I, I you got to give it to Candy for just like leaning in and it's like, well, she, you know, she pulls it out of her suitcase and she's like, well... <laughs> I've got this. Yeah. Well, and that made me think about, like, who is the designer of this look? And, like... Oh, I know. How do they feel watching this and Candy saying, well, yeah, I put this on and I didn't feel beautiful in it? Uh, well, they paid it for like, it. So if I was yeah. the designer, I'd be like, well, don't quote tweet me in your Instagram post, Candy. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, Candy's post, actually, was... Correct me if I'm wrong, Mary's, but... Uh, Candy's post was her in the black dress holding out like a piece of garbage, the runway dress. Ooh, maybe I should, I can check on Instagram. I can vamp while I look for that. Which And I love long. that awareness, you know, um, because this dress, like it was, there was a bodysuit underneath and then there was, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, again, I don't know much about fashion. Maybe she was quoting something and then it just didn't, go forward enough i don't know certainly she didn't design this herself or or make this herself so i found the post she's she's uh she's wearing uh to move from bottom to top she's wearing pink heels orange uh control top hose 
She's got a hand over her breasts, topless, full face and wig, holding the look, kind of just draped in her hand, in the oh, other hand. Okay. So she's not tossing it up, but she does tag. The outfit was uh, at Pinwheel Pinwheel. Oh. I'm going to click on that. Go right around. Is it, yep. uh, is a Brooklyn-based designer and drag dummy. Okay. All right. Out, outside costume consultant of season one of Legendary. Oh, outside. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, and even, oh my gosh, even posted a clip on Instagram of Candy and the Look. Okay, hold on. Can I? Okay, here's some. I just want to give the commentary that the designer put on this look. I think as we're talking about it, it look this might be interesting. Uh, I'm a Dadaist icon, and the MoMA refuses to answer my calls. The Candy Muse last night wearing Polly Pocket Princess Nightmare. I've been overwhelmed with the response this dress and my reaction to the critiques have gotten. It's been so cool. This is definitely a flawed garment, and I could talk endlessly about the process that ended up with this on the stage. Ultimately, I stand by the design. The whole thing is iconic. The memes are iconic. Candy's photos with the side eye are iconic. The Reddit thread of my screen-recorded reaction is iconic. I'm confused, bemused, and beautiful, bitch. Dada. Okay, Okay, if it's Dada, then I totally get it. Absolutely. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) It's doo-doo, Mary, not Dada. <laughs> Isn't that a, an artist from the 90s, Dido? Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, with the white, I, I, my, her with her white flag, yeah. Well, someone should have raised the white flag on this uh, one. You know, if you want to pull a prank on the runway, fine, but I don't think Candy was in on it. Honestly. No, I, I don't think it was the, the, the time or the place to, to pull a prank. I think this is just kind of like... Saving face. Mm, mm -hmm, Right. Like, uh, yeah, of course. Of course. You know, it's like you make trash and you're like, I meant it to be that way. It's like, well, isn't that convenient? You know, but and and certainly there is a space for that type of art and that type of performance art. But what's interesting is that the designer is saying that they did it, but Candy didn't. Like, if Candy really understood that, you know what? I, there's so much wrong with this. Like, Candy should have understood this. You don't just like mindlessly put on a garment. I don't know. There's I, right. I, yeah, this this deals. This feels like calling a stain a pattern. You know what I mean? It's like just own it. It's a stain. Put something else on. You know. Calling a stain a pattern. Um, you know, I I I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the runway, or at least you know where where, where our top four or five is going. Um, sorry, top four going to a top three. Before we do, we need to take a quick little break. You know what I love? What's that, Mary? I love therapy. Oh, you love her. Love her and need her. Can't get enough of her, which is why we love BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. Tinder wishes. And with phone or video sessions available, scheduling a session is as easy as ordering a pizza. And I do love pizza. I also love that you can send a message to your counselor at any time and actually get a response. And if you want to change counselors, no problem. It's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. 
It's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy, and there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary, and that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And again, that's H-E-L-P. So one more thing I want to say about Candy, uh, maybe while we're still on topic before we move on, I don't know if this is the first week that I noticed it, but I definitely did notice it this week, especially during the sketch, during the skit or whatever, um, and especially in the beginning when she was getting critiqued on the runway and she was like having that sort of, you know, but I, mama told me I was beautiful moment. Does Candy not remind you of Izzy G from AJ and the Queen? Oh. Do you see it? I do see it with the hair. I do see mm-hmm. it. I do even see the mouth. It. There's like a there's a there's an she has very strong Izzy G energy. AJ. <laughs> AJ. AJ, if you will. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Uh, I see everything. Um she's yeah, yeah you know, uh, Candy, Candy's just such an interesting top four. We've seen this before, I will say. We have seen this before. A Candy type of character that I think is a little controversial that people love to love or love to hate for whatever reason. Um, you know, and you got to give it to Candy. Candy has kept things interesting in terms of staying in the competition. I think she won the lip sync. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean... I'll say this, Olivia hustled in that lip sync. Like, I I don't think it was a clear, like, uh, a lip sync mm-hmm. assassination. I think Olivia, like, she went out with a bang. And I, I can appreciate that Candy won the lip sync, but Olivia made her work for it. Candy made RuPaul laugh the most, which is, I think, what always you got to do when you're, you mm-hmm. know, against somebody that isn't making it funny. Um, I will say this... Watching the whole thing, I was like, this is a going home look. This is a going home look. And it was just surprising that the, it, the, the flip, the script was totally flipped. And, and, and uh, Olivia went home looking beautiful, which I think, mm-hmm. is, I think is actually better. Um, if, I, if I sit down and really think about it, it's like, no, I think this is a, a gentler send off, right? Could you imagine Candy going home in this look? It would. It just would have been very sad. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when Tina went home in that like. <laughs> well, it happens. You know. It certainly. Yeah, happens. it does this happen. Is a going home look, right? Did yes. Lala Ree go home in that look, or did she stay? <laughs> she no, did she go stayed. Home. No, Did, oh, no, oh, no right. she won that lip sync. She yes. won that lip sync. Yeah, oh, God. but that How? was that was a that was a going oh, home. That, that was yes. a going home look. Yes. Yeah, going home looks. This is look you go home in. And no, I think that she she clearly won the lip sync. There's one thing I know about Candy is that she can turn a lip sync. Um, you know, you could say what you want about the uh, Carly Rae Jepsen lip sync, but uh, yeah, every other one I think Candy like clearly gave us that face <laughs> you know that face that like sh- she's crying face you know oh yeah yeah she did that towards the beginning and i was mm. like oh that was good yeah but you know when it when it got serious i'd say olivia was the better face actor olivia was giving me drama and i really appreciated oh. like i think if it was a different song where there weren't opportunities to be funny and now here's an idea if this was if this was memory from cats mm. a la drag race uk olivia would have won this thing 
hands down because I think she can go there and I don't think Candy fully can but if there's opportunities to be funny Candy can okay interesting I think Candy can go there but I think it would have been great to see Olivia not smiling and that's why Olivia Mm -hmm. could have won but I do think Candy could go there I do I think that she can do that um, just you know sad clown I think she can do that um, I'd love to see it. Uh, okay. You know who else is? You know who else is, is, is a is a great lip syncer. I think on par with Candy and Olivia was a briefly Cynthia Revo. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Oh my god! I I mean I think that may have been my BSA moment. I was like, ooh, get Cynthia on the stage. Ooh, ooh, yes. Oh uh, yeah, Cynthia. God, she looked so beautiful. She looked yeah. so beautiful. I love that she just refused to not look beautiful every single yeah. shot. That I just she loved. she was great. She was a great little guest. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. She loved um, Simone's acting and thought she should have been nominated for something. And I'm like, a Razzie? Like I, it, right? Yeah, <laughs> Cable Ace Award. <laughs> I think she was just trying to like navigate around. Like, okay, so I played Harriet Tubman in like a really serious role and put like probably like months of training and and acting and whatnot into that. You played her on a fake game show called Snatch Game. Yeah, we don't have a ton in common, actually. The more I do the math on this one. But okay. Okay. So she pivoted. Yeah. Okay. In the words of Helen Hunt and as good as it gets. Okay. Uh, Well, we've had, you know, we've had some debates this episode, but one thing I think that we can agree on is this next topic of this top three. Certainly Candy feels like the fourth, and I don't know if it's doing her any service to keep her around for the final, but... Maybe it would also just just like a double crowning. It would be a gag to see Candy win, just to see how mad people get. But I mm-hmm. I wonder. Like I know there's three episodes left. One of them is going to be a reunion um, next week. I, I these these little laps around the ballpark. I'm just like, girl, just give us the finale. Like I don't need to see another dance and rap challenge of RuPaul's song. Yeah, which which like used to be the finale, you mm-hmm. know, like that's the weirdest thing about it is these like final the last kind of lap in the race, you know, the the format for that used to be the actual final episode. And so now it does feel a little bit like, OK, well, what else is there, you know, mm. um, and especially now where I mean, my assumption is there will be a top four like they haven't. I can't think I mean, except other than like Canada or Holland, like. I think for the most part, like the U.S. franchise lately, they've, you know, except for Sherry Pie, you know, uh, <laughs> they've always featured a top four in the finale. True. Like, yep. so I, I kind of don't see why this would be any different, you know? Yeah, it won't be. And, you know, I think of Cameron Michaels, who was like the clear fourth. And it's like, ugh, Cameron's not going to win. You know, mm-hmm. um, I do. Well, think, Ellie Diamond. Oh, yeah. right. Ellie Diamond. Uh, even though Ellie got eliminated right before that lip sync, which was just so silly to me. But uh, right. with with uh, season nine, that's when I was like, no, this is good top four because it was Peppermint. Peppermint was mm-hmm. the fourth. Um, and mm-hmm. but otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't like I think even. Was it Vanjie's season that she was like the fifth? Like even... she was the fifth, yeah. Oh season eleven, God. she was the fifth, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and it was like okay, Silky and Vanjie, like it was like girl, like just eliminate one, and, and you know, I don't know, I. 
Oh, oh, I think I have a knock at the door, but I can't answer it. Um, so, no, I think there is uh, a good thing for having a top four, right? Sure, give Candy some more airtime, but just eliminate her before the final final. Right. Like, it just, it's that thing of, like, once it gets down to the wire, I want to feel like anyone could win. And I think between Simone, Gutmick, and Rosé... It, you know, I think they all have reasons, you know, and and even track records of like why they could win this whole thing. And I don't like you're ne- there's no world like Candy has been a great reality TV show contestant, but there is no world in which she has been as strong of a competitor as the other three at that point. So like there's no suspense. There's no more suspense in who's going to win if you keep Candy to the finale. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. I can easily say she's not going to win, you know? I don't um, think I like the final episode because there is no suspense. It just seems yeah. like a fluffer clip show almost. Uh, it might as yeah. well be a clip show. Um, yeah. yeah, with Candy, I would be curious to hear from Marys that are on Team Candy, um, which is great. I'm, I'm all for you. Uh, but I, I want to know what the narrative is. Like, you know, like uh, how is Candy... Uh, what is her road to the crown and why is it more compelling than, say, um, a Simone or a Gottmik? Yeah. And where do the last two weeks runways fit into that? Um, <laughs> well, Priyanka like, won. So, <laughs> I mean, listen, I know she won. She won. And with that, you know, oak tag hanging oh. off her ass. Oak tag. Oak she brought oak tag, tag to the runway. <laughs> NYU, Lonnie. Yeah. Oak tag, Priyanka. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Well, you know. Uh, I, 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 one, one thing, kind of topic of discussion you wanted to kind of roll into was this idea of being to you or not being yourself, right? The, the, the play that Drag Race does with those two critiques. And we kind of started hearing that from Rosé of like, well, that was my problem. I wasn't being myself enough. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on this? Well, I think there's like, yeah, there's variations of that because there's, I think especially this season, it's interesting because it's like the, and and Rosé kind of buries the lead of like, you know, being afraid that he, that she would say something that, you know, would upset fans. They'd all turn on her. And it was Mm. like, I think everybody's had that. Everybody's been worried about that. Everyone's been conscious of that. And so everyone is already coming in with that, like, it's not just awareness that you're on television. It's awareness that there's a lot of people watching who could react in a way, and you are now kind of at their mercy in some way. It could and ruin so I think, you. Yeah, exactly. And and so I think there's, you know, uh, there's that element. But then we've also kind of seen it within the competition itself. Like, I think it's just been an interesting theme of, like, you know, with Tina, you know, and I think the the makeover challenge was kind of like a great example of this. It's like, well, yeah, but who are you? And are we bored with that? Or like, do we need to see something else? Like, I feel like, you know, Tina was kind of an almost an unfair victim of that of that critique. I think um, we've seen that with Simone, where it's like putting on the voice where it's like, well, mm-hmm. is that is that that's not really you though? Like I, you know, whenever Simone talks about like, I love when Simone was saying on the runway about her look and was like, you know, reflecting on old friends who just accepted her as gay old black Reggie. And like, I love when Simone talks about Reggie, and I love Simone just being Simone in the workroom. And it's like, and I think that's why like when then Simone like puts on these affectations, it's like, oh, you're kind of 
painting the peacock a little bit, you know? And so it's like, I actually think we've talked about this, like with Ben de la Creme in the past where it's like, I actually think when you put on the voice or you put on a persona, you're kind of choosing the less nuanced, you know, choice here. Uh, and I think, so it's like with Simone, I want to see her be more herself with Olivia. I want to see her be less herself with Tina. I, you know, you want to see some different brand of Tina with, with Rose. I want to see more of yourself. Like there's, it's almost like the, the goalpost gets moved depending on the queen, you know? Yeah. It, uh, what it boils down to is do the judges like your drag persona or what you are presenting as your drag persona. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like with, with the character that Simone puts on, RuPaul loves it. Many of the fans love it. It's very entertaining. Um, you know, I it's very funny to me when she does those faces and stuff during the lip sync. Like, I don't know, it, the factory voice. Like, that was funny. It's just it gets repetitive. And, you know, you could still love it. And that's great. Um, it's whether the judges decide to call that out. And I feel like in the past, right, you have Derek Berry. It's like, why did you tell Derek Berry to do different eyebrows? When that's mm. not Derek Barry's drag, why did you tell Max to not wear the silver rig when wig when that is Max's drag? Why are you telling these queens to not be themselves when that's that's their character, right? That's what that's their shtick. That's what they do. Um, with Simone, I get plenty of Simone, or I get plenty of Reggie in the reality competition. What I see the judges are saying that you know they're not asking for that, like they are asking. For that from Ben or from Laganja mm -hmm. or, you know, or even from Derek in a way. Um, it's just, it's interesting. There is like a double standard. I think of that with Nina West. Um, and they're just like, well, we need it to be a little bit more elevated. It's like, yeah, but she does can't be drag. Like, right. That's that you can't just say, stop doing your type of drag. Um, and, you know, to quote the Raven, right? Nevermore. No, she's like, I'll do whatever the judges say. Oh, Raven. The, you mean the Blackbird Raven? <laughs> the Raven? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about the Blackbird Raven from season yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, Ravens. They're usually black, aren't they? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, well, and I think exactly. It's like I, I what it also makes me think of is, and granted, this is not so much in the drag race world, but kind of in the what's the tea world, but like the, Ran the Randy Rainbow conversation and of like, people you have to remember like what are people paying you for like what do they want to see from you and like you got to make sure you're giving people what they're showing up to you for and I think that always makes sense to me is like you got to like give the people what they're asking for for longevity but then on drag race it's like yeah but we want to see like there's kind of the justification of like yeah but I want to see if you can do glam you know I want to see if you can do this I want to see if you can do that and and then I think, well, isn't that what Olivia was talking about, about exploring during the competition? Like, isn't that actually what the judges are asking you to do? Mm. And so it's kind of like, but then at the end of the day, you like what's going to sell or like what your career after this should be based on is like what you do, like yeah. what you do well. Yeah. It shouldn't be like Ginny Lemon shouldn't now be trying to do Glamazon drag, right. you know, right. uh, like that doesn't make any sense. And so just an interesting kind of uh we're asking you to like the concept of rupaul's drag race is we're asking you to do all of these things that would be expected of you in your career as america's next drag superstar 
but it's also like, but we also want you to do all these different things that you'll never do again. You know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but it's just, yeah, it's just an, we yeah. want to see you in all of these iterations of you, and I think that's that's. That's like the gold, and that's why I think Simone and maybe somebody even like Got Mick are doing very well. Is that Simone can translate her drag in these different types of runway challenges, and and even in the acting challenges, Simone's character is always there, and it's still entertaining. It still works. Whereas Olivia, it's like okay, but Olivia, don't do. Actually, it doesn't really work now. Yeah, it gets kind of grating. Yeah, like Simone's, Simone's never got grating. Right. It never got like, oh god, this again. But like when Olivia started doing that little like shuffle and started doing that voice, I was like, oh my god, this is just, this is some air violin, which right. I think she did do during the lip sync. Oh point. no, um, it's like Heidi yeah. in Closet's name. It's like no, Heidi's not going to change her name. Just because RuPaul right. said so. But it was fun to entertain RuPaul on the show, right? And not lean in. Yeah, yeah, right. The bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Heidi had the the the, the tooth um, whistle that she always did that became yep. part of her brand, you know. Um, blessed and highly favored, right? Um, she's like there are queens that just kind of put their feet in and stand there. Um, and I feel like if the judges start to question you, you either have a choice. You can pull a Tatiana and say, no, I'm not changing my drag. Or you can do it like Derek Berry and then fall on your face. And I feel like it's you're going home no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> the minute yeah. they don't, don't like your drag, you're going home. Right. Yeah. The, the minute they ask you to change your drag, I mean, I guess, and I'm sure there's examples of this that I'm not thinking of, but like, I feel like we've even talked about this before, but who? what is an example of a queen who and I think like Crystal Method may have been the example of this of a queen who took the judge's advice and changed their drag and it was successful. I think Crystal was kind of like that. I think she kind of softened things or toned things down or fashioned them up a little bit. Yep. Uh, well, she already brought all that stuff, so I can't say that she really did anything. Maybe except like soften her makeup. And well, that's that's, I, yeah, I think the makeup. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say about yeah. Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon fixed her makeup. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like. And that's almost like a, it's like refining a refining a skill, but like where someone to the level of Max change your change your signature hair color or Milk, we want to see you be less clowny, or you know Derek Barry, we want to see your eyebrows and your scalp. Like mm-hmm. who who took that advice and like fully like knocked it out of the park? You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I feel like the advice is just for the moment right and it's just right. how you how you meander around that reality tv obstacle right um mm-hmm. maybe it's just very uh, you have to know when to not do the dots dusty you know um yeah. Uh, uh, yeah do the dots and you also have to know when not to do them right um, right it just right. depends it just depends yeah, no know when to not wear orange yellow and red yeah right exactly like oh, i really didn't see any of you tina in this like that could have been the critique um had mm-hmm. she come out in like you know black leather it's like well i didn't really right. get any tina from this i miss the red you know th- right. you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't if the judges start to sniff that storyline from you right yeah if, if you're not meant to go much further in this competition they'll find a reason why yeah mm-hmm. yeah and what's interesting about candy is like 
Candy, you can do anything, and you're 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 funny. It's the Alyssa Edwards edit, and then there's that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, she yeah. had two really really rough runways, and mm. she's gonna be fine. And and that's that's right. reality TV. That's it. You can't be upset about that. You can't blame Candy for that. Who cares? Candy's a no. person. Yeah. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's just how it plays out. It just it's yeah. I think it's it's having to kind of pull back and say, it's almost like saying to Twitter, they're trying to trigger you mm-hmm. on purpose. Right. Like yes, they you are meant to feel this way. That's so that you'll keep talking about it and keeping those hashtags trending. You know, mm-hmm. like. This is not on accident that that this is happening, you know? I mean, you have Um, to be self-aware. Like, to to kind of counter Rosé, it's like you have to be self-aware while being self-aware that you're not being self-aware. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it, well, it's, it, you have to, you have to kind of, you can't go in without a plan or without a sense of like, you know, you don't have to plan everything you're going to say, but you got to know what, what topics you're drawing from or like you know it's almost like what would i say in that moment you almost have, you have to have kind of that sense of like i don't know there has to be some level of self-regulation i think or like self-control oh for sure especially even when you're designing looks or when you're when you're going down the runway i mean if you are in an environment with lights above you there's no ceiling right you're on a set you have a director yelling action and cut and uh you know staging and and whatever and hey candy talk about gay gay uh tv characters growing up right like mm-hmm. at some point you have to know that you have to have a plan right and right. that's what's not that's what's self-aware and will also fuck you up it will give you the cameron michaels edit it will give you this rosé too perfect edit um or you know you just say fuck it and you're like a candy and you're just like nope i don't care what i say it's gonna be good and I and mm-hmm. I am comfortable enough to deal with these haters that are going to come for me later. I mean, there's that too. There's the Bob the Drag Queen approach of yeah. you can do it, do or say whatever you want. You just have to be prepared for the consequences. <laughs> the I Bob, think that's yeah. yeah, the Bob of it all. Uh, <laughs> but it's I I I always agree with that. It's like yeah, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not a proponent of, proponent of telling people you can't say that, you can't do that. Well, you can, but like. Just make sure that, like, you know, your ass can pay the bills for the checks that your mouth is writing, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I I feel like the show has certainly changed because the fandom has gotten, and we've talked about this so many times, so I won't, we won't get into it, but like the fandom has gotten so out of hand. Um, And, you know, it's, it's younger. It is, it is because the fandom has gotten younger and they want, Mm -hmm the attention they want the you know the vitriol they, that's just that's the culture online right yeah and it's also like none of that outrage exists outside of social media sure you know they're not like standing outside of candy's apartment like protesting her like all of this exists within that bubble and so it's crazy how like it's it's this huge thing that everybody's talking about we're talking about constantly people are reacting to and modifying to and yet it is so contained. It's within. You know what I mean? Like it's so. It you can avoid it. It it's just it's just social <laughs> yeah, media. Just get off social media. Yeah, you can. just get off social media yeah, for like two weeks. You know, pull yeah. Lawrence Cheney. You know, pull Lawrence works. Cheney. Yeah, it works. like 
It's, yeah, like, what, they might email you? All right, then, you know, spam folder, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, I think that's the craziest thing is it's not as if you can't, like, live your life otherwise. It's just, like, you know, your Twitter feed and your DMs or whatever is where this all lives. So Right. I um, I heard a term uh, recently called cry bullies, and I think it's, it's just such an interesting term because it's, you're being bullied by people that are offended or that are mm, feel like they're being mm-hmm. bullied, right? They, oh, they're yeah. bullying you because they feel like they're being bullied. And it's just such an interesting effect to see, you know, it's like, whoa, your, uh, your comment was so damning to my community. And then all of them come in and then bully the fuck out of that person right. off of social oh, media or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is so hypocritical. It is so illogical. It's, um, yeah, it, it's not practicing any of what people are preaching. And it's all very, it also all lives in a very sort of absolutist kind of point of view of like, you're an awful person and you should just go disappear. And like, your career should be over. You should be over. And it's like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Like, okay, so they should just quit their careers and, like, get a data entry job that's work from home so you never even have to see them commuting. Would that make you feel better? Like, this is this is stupid. People are dumb. People are dumb. D-U-M. People are dumb. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on Hope Pockets, Mary? Uh, I mean, I thought they kept saying oat pockets, and I thought, you know, ooh, <laughs> my oat pockets bring all the horses to the yard. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, nay. Nay, yeah. I'm like, ooh, these are good oats. Uh, and uh, I also, I just have to say, I mean, not to trivialize Simone's emotions, but like gold class talking uh, through tears from Simone this week. I mean. Gorgeous. Just the the Viola Davis of it all. Just, I, gorgeous. It, some of the most, uh greatest talking through tears I think I've ever seen. Oh, top five, maybe. There, I know there have been others, so I don't want to hyperbolize. But, like, this was really, really good talking through tears. To quote, she was basically uh, saying what the voices in her head were saying to her. She fizzled mm-hmm. out. She just couldn't make it. I don't want to I don't want that to be my story. That's self-aware, right? That's self-aware yeah. that's fucking with you. And the way that her voice like modified or like changed on like, you know, I don't want that to be my story. Like that. I was like, ah oh, God, I just I'm just obsessed with like watching people experience emotions mm. so that I don't have to. Well yeah. and and so authentically on television, right? Yeah, it was so real. Like that's the thing too. It was like it just felt like this is not you know, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but when Candy started to cry on the runway and then managed to wrap it up with a joke, I was like, <laughs> do you have any tissues in one of those pockets you're wearing to sop up those tears or do you not need them? Um, and it just felt to me that felt a little more performative. And there have been plenty of other queens who've had performative tears, but these were some real tears. Like all that was missing was one of Viola's boogers, you know, mm. one of those trademark snot bubbles. Absolutely. Did you see, speaking of ScarJo, because I know she does a lot of crying in that um, like a relationship story. What is it called? Marriage story. Oh, marriage. With Laura Dern. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I meant when what it was like to work with Laura Dern because she was oh, a no. marriage story yes. with her. Yes, right, yeah. right, right, right. But did she cry in that? Is ScarJo good yes. crying? Okay. Yeah, she she was. She, so ScarJo has this scene 
with Laura Dern, where she has this whole monologue about the divorce, about the marriage and why it's not working and whatnot. And I want to like this scene because it's just this, like, you know, she uh, she kind of, like, walks around while she does it. She goes to the bathroom and blows her nose. She eats a biscotti. Oh. But it is such, like, an acting showcase. Like, like it's so on the nose of making acting choices that even mm. I don't like it, oh. which is hard to say because you know my feelings on acting choices. Um, but she – and there's – oh, there's also – oh, God. Oh, there's this, like, <laughs> like this still of her uh, – crying there's this look on her face oh, and i wish that. i could i've seen that yes, yes that seen that, that meme yes. that meme is so funny and like that's um i think that's what it is uh but i think the real uh talking through tears uh winner of marriage story was adam driver and that big scene where he punches the wall and whatnot oh i didn't see it yeah so oh it's yeah. uh, you haven't seen marriage story no uh i mean laura dern got an oscar for it and very conflicted about it all right well uh yeah i i i just thought about talking through tears and i was like oh wouldn't that be interesting if uh, scarlet kind of taught them how to do it one thing about scar yeah. that you cannot take away from her is the rasp in her voice i just love oh yeah i can't wait till she's like in her 50s then it's really gonna come together oh, you my know God. scarlett johansson playing somebody's you know mother who like, just lost her son you know like uh. oh yeah, you know, inevitably when they do the remake of Hereditary and Scarlett Johansson gets to play the role. I'll bet she can do it. I'll, you know, she, you know, she'll yeah. play the tree oh. also, you know, that, that yeah, hits, yeah, she, that she'll, she'll the, be the, the telephone pole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because she can play anything. Yeah. <laughs> play the piano wire. <laughs> yes. To Scarlett? Hey, it's me, Scarlet. Hey, girls, it's me, Scarlet. Hey, gr- hey, girls, how's it going? It's me, Scarlet. Oh yeah, it's Scarlet. <laughs> Do you think that was the third take? <laughs> I, it must have been. They must. Have, I yeah. That's. Hey, it's me, and they're all like, "I'm sorry. <laughs> who is this? You look like a tree. I don't. Who is yeah, this? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Are you? Are you an elderly black man? I just can't. You're so versatile. I can't tell. Is this the tree from Pocahontas? I think it is. I I know that tree. Pocahontas. I was in the background. Pocahontas sung to me after I sung to her. After I sung to her. Uh, well, anyway, Marys, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, yeah. If you have any thoughts, you can reach out to us at All Right Mary on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or you can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. We are also at our, uh, tasteofreality.com slash allright dash Mary. Um, and if you want, you can follow me on, on Instagram at Johnny Also or on Twitter at Johnny Also One. And you can hear more of me on my other podcasts in the details, a celebration of nuance. Or Best Supporting Podcast, a celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us, including our, we're now doing some really great recaps of uh, some movies that we have been needing to discuss for a while on Patreon. We're still doing for our $10 Only Marys level, our Unpopular Opinions, Unfiltered Conversations. Um, Soon there'll be our Drag Race Down Under recaps. You can go back and listen to Drag Race UK recaps. All of this at patreon.com slash allrightmary. 
Yes. And our last chance lip sync this week in honor of Simone's runway, looking like the lead singer from Paramore. I just love that no one in that room knew her name, so they couldn't correct yeah. Simone. Um, Haley yeah. Williams. Um, <laughs> oh, my in, God, of course. <laughs> in honor of that reference, we give you a very gay. I think Haley Williams is like a gay icon. I know my friend Melissa like used to love this song. We both loved this song. Um, Misery Business by Paramore. She is giving you Tina Burner hair. It's just fabulous. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, and, and of course, ironic, of course, that uh, Olivia went home this week for the song, but that's, mm. you know, mm-hmm. just another fun little connection. But indeed, I actually, I haven't heard the song, so I can't comment on it, but, uh, but I approve. <laughs> Misery Business by Paramore. Marys, we hope you have a fabulous week and we'll see you next time. Hot scenes. Hot scenes.